Hello, Formula One fans, and welcome to the Starting Grid podcast. I'm your co-host, Shane Holcomb. Max Verstappen grabbed his 30th career victory, winning the Netherlands Grand Prix this weekend. He now expands his championship margin gap to 109 points over his closest competitor, Charles Leclerc. I'm glad to be joined by my co-host, Rome Katie, tonight to recap the race in Rome. We have a special guest joining us on the pod as well. Tell us more about that. All right, so we have we got a special guest on today. I hyped her up last episode. We got Mia Thorough, one of our good friends from our Cronkite Sports Broadcast Bootcamp, who's also a big F1 fan. Mia, welcome to the show. Wow, Rome, what the introduction right there. Thank you so much for that, Shane. Thank you for having me, too. I could not be more excited right now to get in on this. Um, I'm just a huge F1 fan as well, so really excited to just share my thoughts on what I thought was a super exciting race today as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Mia, once again for coming on. Like I said on the last episode, Rome, in the qualifying recap, this was Max Verstappen's 17th career pole position, and boy, did he clutch up once again, lead in. It wasn't really even a question from the jump. We both predicted this last evening. But just to go over kind of the starting grid, no pun intended, uh, this weekend, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc in the front row, Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton completing the second row. And I'll go up to the top 10. Sergio Perez in five, George Russell six, Lennon Norris seven, Mick Schumacher from the Haas in eighth, Yuka Sonoda, my guy in ninth, and Lance Stroll, uh, in the Aston Martin in 10th place. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this race. First lap, there was a lot of chaos. Once again, back-to-back weekends, it seems. It seems like on that first corner, a lot of things are happening. Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton collide. There's contact on the first corner. Mia, your thoughts to the first happenings of the race? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, second week in a row with an instant incident with Hamilton right away starting the race I mean firstly I mean you think about Lewis Hamilton that man has been the king of starts all season but starting on I believe it was the medium Mercedes started him on whereas a lot of others were going for the soft I mean he just didn't get the start he wanted today frankly it was it was a slow start and then that contact with Carlos Sainz right away in that first corner oh man that was just that's a tough one you know when the car is so full of the fuel still initially starting the race. You get that little bit of the steer. So he kind of just nudged into Carlos. There was contact. And then poor Carlos, not his race. He said that led to him losing a ton of speed throughout the rest of the race. Just not a great start for those two. Yeah. I mean, to me, though, like, I I thought it was, like, not as, like, impactful of a start as last week to me just because I didn't see it as much of like movement on the first corner as spa of course but i think we're going to talk about this again but in lap two i think uh kevin magnuson went into the gravel that brought up the safety car so that that was big Mm. to kind of start things off that way absolutely but yeah i think other than that like that i mean that contact was only a little bit of a brush like it was kind of just trying to get things moving a little bit and then once that first corner happened then we kind of started to get a move along with the race yeah, I agree. Not obviously not as big of an incident as last week's incident was. So, yeah, just just kind of an interesting way to start the race. And then, like you said, with Magnuson going off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
good starts from my guy, Lando Norris, as he went and ahead and overtook George Russell on lap one. And Verstappen had a dream start, a dream release as well, as he only extended his margin in the front of the grid. But like you said, Kevin Magnuson in lap two hits the gravel, but he comes back onto the track, guys. It seems like it was a little bit of a double oversteer for Magnuson. Rome, your thoughts on the incident? Um, I just think it's not. I'm, I I I don't think it's that surprising because it's Kevin Magnuson and he's in a Haas car. It's kind of a double whammy if you really think about it. Um, Haas is not really the greatest car on the grid, so it was it was it was kind of made for that type of lockup to happen anyway. Got you, Amia. Your take on. Well, first of all, Russell getting past Norris on the second lap after he was getting past in the first lap, but also Ferrari's disaster in the pit lane on lap 15. Oh, man. Well, first of all, um, you said Russell passing Norris again? Yep. Yeah, obviously, I mean, Lando did have a great start and a great race overall, but man, George Russell has been looking good all weekend, to be completely honest. And so is that Mercedes at this track. Obviously, we know that Zandvoort is a track more catered towards these Mercedes. McLaren were looking good as well. But I just think right now, when you take Russell up against Norris, in that Mercedes, there's the clear advantage. So Lando may have had the good start, and he still finished P7 like he predicted. But George just had the pace, and George had the talent, the drive today. I mean, P2 also should add that in there. And then, I mean... Man, just the Ferrari disaster class continues. I, I'm at a loss for words sometimes. And that Carlos Sainz pit stop, again, just a loss for words. 12.7 seconds, and they don't have a tire ready for him. I don't know what to say, except if you're a Carlos Sainz fan, today was a bad day. So many mm. things. Everything that could go wrong for him went wrong for him today. Man. Yeah. I honestly, honestly, I agree with you too, Mia. Like that, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I thought with the performance that they had at qualifying that they were back to not messing up again. And then they just do that. And it's like, and to add, to add insult to injury, they like leave the, they leave the tire gun on the track and make it an unsafe release for Sergio Perez to get out of the pit lane. So even that too, is just another like rookie mistake. Like I think, this offseason, Ferrari really needs to look at that strategy team and go, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, this guy's gone. Oh, and you're gone too. And the team principal needs to get out of there too. So they need to just overhaul yeah. the whole system because it's just – it's not really getting the job done. It's not – it's it's really not the driver's fault at the end of the day, in my opinion. I think, I think this season for Ferrari has all been about strategy issues. And I think if strategy was a little bit more on their side – Maybe Leclerc gets a win in his home race in Monaco. Maybe Sainz can fight for that top three podium spot here at Zandvoort today. We don't. We won't really know that for sure. So I, I just it's 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 clear. Like everyone in the strategy, everyone in the pit lane, everyone that works for Ferrari, not named McLaren, Sainz needs to get out, and everyone everyone else needs to get in and just find something that they need to figure out for next year. My favorite part of the. Uh, catastrophe as well was the fact that there was these two Ferrari pit lane people and they were on the left it was the left rear tire that was missing and they were on that side 
and they're just kind of showing in the background with their arms crossed and kind of dazing off and it's just like are paid money you you have one job you literally have one job <laughs> exactly so facts. you had one job you literally exactly. had one job the guys are just in the back and they're just they're just chilling they're they're looking around they're like oh, oh you know they're just, oh crap they're, there's like, that they're, it's like there's like sun, sunshine and rainbows for these guys they don't they, they don't have any awareness bro it's wild no sense of urgency there at all Why? oh it, just fyi for the ferrari fans out there wondering i did email the ferrari strategist gmail um asking <laughs> to apply for a job next next campaign apparently it pays pretty well so yeah, oh, that. i think they should uh, hire you shane that's just my opinion i think you do a much better job <laughs> i mean i am him so I, 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 <laughs> you are yeah, oh, we're all him <laughs> and and this is now i mean Minus the whole 12.7 second stop with the whole, with the gun being run over, which I completely forgot about as well. I mean, then an unsafe release and signs gets another penalty for this. This is the second week in a row. Ferrari now has a pit lane penalty that causes loss mm. of points. Yeah. Yeah. The strategy team is not it right now. No, I, I mean, I don't even think that unsafe release is on the strategy. I think that's on science because he didn't even see Ocon coming in. And like he just all of a sudden juts out, and then on the radio he's like, "Oh, that that wasn't an unsafe release. He was he was just trying to play it off like it was nothing." And I'm like, "Bro, you have two eyes that work. Like that was a clear unsafe release. Like like anyone who's not an F one fan could say that that was an unsafe release. That was that was just insane on his part." <laughs> it only got you know worse for them as the day went on. As Mia point out with Perez, you know, receiving that five second penalty, he ended up finishing in eighth position. Due to the pit lane, I've locked in too, Shane. Yeah, I've locked. Mm. Let's speak about what was happening above him in the in the grid. You know, lap thirty-seven, Lewis Hamilton um, gets past Sergio Perez. He goes around the outside straight, uh, but he he goes straight into traffic from uh, Seb's Aston Martin. So, Mia, your thoughts on Hamilton getting past Perez, and then Rome, your thoughts on you know the fact that he has to go right into the traffic from. So I was asked tomorrow, and apparently lapped cars can have fast the safety car. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with everything going on in the top, I'd say top four or five range today, all I'm going to start with is Abu Dhabi 2022. So here we are again. It was a lot of flashbacks today, but um, Hamilton and Checo, I mean, honestly, Checo just has not had the pace all weekend. I mean, I could easily see Lewis just overtaking there. I mean, I, I, he tried to defend Paris. Yeah. I just, I just thought that 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 thing was very interesting. I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but Ted Kravitz, the sideline reporter for the sky broadcast that was on the ESPN thing, he commented on that fight and he was like playing OMG, which was kind of funny. I don't know if you guys caught that, but I mean, I, I mean, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good little fight coming out of the gate because I think Perez did a good job of defending Hamilton on that first, uh, on that first uh, fight into into lap thirty six. But on lap thirty seven, Hamilton was like, "Nah, this is too easy. I could just get past you." And overall, this season, I think Checo has had a really good 
um, stretch of stretch of uh, uh, stretch of races so far this year, which is why I ranked him in the first episode, if you remember, as a nine. Which I think I think he's been a great compliment to Verstappen. I think he might be there for some time, but I just think I don't think Zandvoort was really his day, especially if you go back to qualifying yesterday. He crashed out of Q three, which ended the whole thing to begin with. So it just really wasn't his weekend. But I, I think I think he'll bounce back and continue to be that Robin, the uh, uh, Max Verstappen's Batman. Mm. No, for sure. And only seven laps later, uh, Yuki Sonoda had to stop on the side of the track. He quoted that the tires were not fitted. Um, the yellow flag was appeared. Um, however, AlphaTauri insists that the tires are fitted. Rome, even though Yuki carried on, do you think that was a PR move from AlphaTauri? Um, or do you think that there was actually, that the tires were fine, Yuki was just complaining about it? Your thoughts? Shane, you're about to set me off right now because you and me know wholeheartedly that I do not like Yuki Tsunoda in an F1 seat. And I, 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 was, I was genuinely pissed off at first because he was like, oh, 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 the, oh, the tires aren't pitted. The tires aren't pitted. Like he was some like, I don't know. I don't even want to say it. It's just like, it was just, I, I don't, I like, I just was so confused. At first I thought I was on Yuki just because he was being a little pouty about it. Like, oh, oh, the tires aren't pitted, this and that. And the team was like, oh, you're fine, go. And then and then Yuki was like, oh, like something's not wrong. And then they went into the belt. They fixed his seatbelt. I'm like, what is happening? I was genuinely confused. Like half of this I blame on the team for not actually pitting the tires correctly because I think on the replay, on the bird's eye view, you could see that maybe that front right just wasn't really looking the right way. But also I think I blamed that on Yuki just because – like this type of weird, confusing stuff only happens with Yuki Tsunoda himself, not with anyone else on the grid. You don't see, you don't even see that with Williams. You don't even see that with Gotifi. You don't even see that with Lance Stroll. You don't even see that with his, his teammate, Pierre Gasly. You don't see it with anybody else but Yuki Tsunoda. And I just, I, I just, I, I don't see the hype. I know you and me are hyping him up continuously. Oh, he's got to show, he's, he's going to show me something. Nope. I, 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 as, as you guys know, I'm a seed to believe kind of guy. And I am not at all seeing the hype from Yuki Tsunoda right now. And differential uh, loss for Yuki Tsunoda today as he does not cross the finish line. AlphaTauri have questions to answer, especially, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but one American is apparently reportedly on the verge of joining Alphatari, um, which is, I dare say less. But let's move on to lap 55. Valtteri Bosas is Alfa Romeo engine bus, and it's a failure. Uh, he's going down the main street, causes a yellow flag. So, Rome, your thoughts on uh, Bosas' disappointment? You know, the past couple of weeks, he just hasn't been up to par. He hasn't scored points since Canada. And the Afro Romeo continues to slide down the Constructors' Championship list. So, of course, his future in F1, there's a little bit of a, a question over him. He's, well, there's no question. There's, he's still a great driver, but... He hasn't really been shown it for Alfa Romeo this season. Has it, has it been a disappointing one for, for, for Valtteri Bottas this year in your mind? 
Yeah, I think I think it's been a disappointing season for Botas. I just I just think especially after what he's been kind of he's been that like Sergio Perez to Max Verstappen, kind of that same thing with when he was with Mercedes with, when Lewis Hamilton was winning those six straight championships, the drivers' championships. So I, I just think it was kind of predictable though, because he's going from a Mercedes to an Alfa Romeo, which is like from top dog to kind of back of the grid area. So it was kind of expected that he wasn't going to perform in that type of car. But I just think his skills weren't really up to par in that car anyway. So I think it's safe to say that, like, he can just try and piece together a couple more decent races in these last few rounds and then look to look to the offseason to try and fix things and maybe maybe make, make a push towards that top 10 in the, in the Drivers' driver's Championship once again. Mm. Me, your thoughts on Botas, but also during that same – lap you know the the yellow flag shows but at the same time Carlos Sainz makes move on Esteban Ocon and there's a bit of controversy over if he overtook before the yellow flag week yeah first of all um Valtteri Bottas I think obviously anyone can say that this season has been a disappointing one for him but there's still no questioning the talent he has and the driver he is. I think it's definitely a combination of both things. Let's be honest, the Alfa Romeo is not doing either of their drivers any favors this year at all. I mean, that Ferrari engine, it's like a, it's like there's one DNF for Alfa Romeo every week, if not two. So you got to feel for the man, but I would also say he definitely needs to step it up especially considering how strong of a qualifier he's known as being. No one should be concerned about his position right now, I'd say. And then, absolutely. So, on that yellow flag with Bottas' engine failure, I think that was a clear move of desperation of just like, man, everything in this race is going wrong. I'm just overtaking. I, I couldn't understand how there would be any confusion. Just watching the replays, you could see the clear yellow flags. I know there have been in like this before, but I don't think science had, ex- had any excuse for that it was kind of dangerous and this is coming from a science fan myself so yeah I think that was just pent-up frustration taking over and he just wanted that overtake to get it over with Rome any thoughts on the incident um I th- I mean not really I think I think that I think that boat test thing was I, I think it brings up a good point that like he still has the talent to when he's in a good car, he has the talent. So like I mentioned in my last point, like he can, he can really make that spot to go up into the top 10 in the driver's championship. Once again, maybe next year, not this year though, because there's no way that Alfa Romeo is going anywhere. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He currently sits in 10th position, 24 points above Kevin Magnuson. So potentially a top 10 for him this season, but it hasn't been up to par. He's currently 13 points behind his nearest competitor in Fernando Alonso in ninth place. So disappointed from Valtteri Bottas, who's a, usually, you know, he's he's very familiar with finishing in the top five, top three of the Drivers' World Championship. It just hasn't been that case this season. So he's adjusting to a new team, and it just hasn't gone right for him so far this year. But he will definitely be back because we know that he has the ability. Transition forward, fast forward to lap 58. George Russell insists on pitting. Um, he says that he's losing his tires. Um, and at the same time, this is where Carlos Sainz's day gets worse. Um, he has the unsafe release on Fernando Alonso. 
um, which leads to the five-second penalty from the FIA. So, Rome, your thoughts on Russell's drive today? I think he was the driver of the day, personally, for me. But there's some problems with that Mercedes pit crew today. Lewis Hamilton had a little bit of problems with their strategy. What do you think is going on right now in that Mercedes garage after today's race? Um, honestly, I'm not really mad at strategy, but I'll get to that in a moment. Let me talk about Russell first, because I thought he had like a consistent drive. He's been putting up great numbers for them all season. He's been top five in pretty much every GP this year for Mercedes, which is kind of what you want. If it is, I mean, if, 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 I mean, if you're not going to fight for that top championship, you're at least going to try and put together a consistent podium results. And that's what George Russell is doing. And that's what he did in Zandvoort today. And I think that the, I, I think the fact that he wanted to put that soft tire on there was, was the thing that got him to P2 today, like making that switch on the move. Like, okay, I want to put that tire on like the tire that I want and not your tire, just kind of going off script a little bit, which is kind of what I, I want to see more of that from drivers just kind of being like, okay, like all of a sudden, like, I, I, I think this might work out in the future. And it did for Russell in that one. And that's why he got P2 today. But as for Hamilton coming out of that main straight, uh, going into lap 61, when that safety car pitted from Motas, I, I wasn't really mad at the strategy. Some might, some people might think otherwise, but I just don't see like why strategy was the problem there. I think even Hamilton himself, the first, when that double stack happened with him and Russell and the, with the safety car, he was saying great things about that double stack. And then all of a sudden, the minute Verstappen passed him, he was like, oh my God, that was so bad. That, why, did I, why did I do that, this and that? I'm like, so that, that, was, that was very confusing to me. I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys, you're the Mercedes fans, you guys can clarify on that part. But to me, I don't, I don't think it was strategy's fault. I just think Verstappen had a really good exit down that main straight, which is why he was able to make that overtake. And was, that's why he and that car is undeniable still. And that's just the sad reality of the of the fact right now at the moment. You know, Red Bull is just so much faster than that Mercedes down the straight. And that's where, unfortunately, for uh, Lewis Hamilton, that yellow flag and that safety car was brought up to green lights and away we go. Um, wasn't ideal for the Mercedes. Carlos Sainz does get above Checo um, in that same occurrence. However, he ends up finishing behind um, Sergio Perez at the end of the race due to that five-second penalty uh, and an unsafe release on Fernando Alonso. Um, in lap 63, Hamilton, he struggles for pace. Mia Russell, he nearly runs straight into the back of his teammates. Uh, sparks fly up into the air, um, and he eventually overtakes Lewis. Rome, we were talking uh, the other day about, you know, what would happen if these two were battling out together. Clearly, this wasn't team orders. This was just George being the faster driver in the moment. But Mia, your thoughts on the overtake and Russell right now seemingly being their number one driver currently now expanding that gap to 30 points over his teammate in, in the driver's championship. Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, I definitely agree with everything you two said regarding the whole pit stop strategy at the end of the race. But um, yeah, it was just obvious today that after George made his decision to ask for those softs, he was going to be the clear, clear, quick one. And if anyone left on the track, he was going to be the one fighting to catch Verstappen, but oh, that overtake on Hamilton, that was flashbacks to Baku 2018 with the two Red Bulls. 
with Verstappen just going straight into the back of Ricardo. That would have just been absolutely terrible if he ended up crashing into his teammate. But George, you can just see how hungry he is for his win. Um, he just has so much determination right now to win a race and to score as high as he can. I just think overall, honestly, great job from him today. At first, I was I was frustrated watching it initially when George was calling for the softs in the pit lane. Russell was super assertive. He made some smart decisions for himself today. Um, and I mean, that led to him taking home the silver. So um, yeah, it was just clear at the end that he was going to have the pace on his teammate. So yeah, kudos to him for that call. You see things like that. And that's how Carlos Sainz won at Silverstone, you know, showing some assertive nature. Yeah, not a bad call for him. And that overtake, I'm just glad it ended the way it did for those two teammates, or it could have been a lot worse. Mercedes is now 30 points behind Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship. They're creeping up there, and it looks like they're probably going to grab the silver medal for 2022. At the end of the day, though, guys, Max Verstappen comes home down the final stretch. He crosses the checkered flag. Him, Russell, and Leclerc are on the podium. Verstappen wins by four seconds. He applauds his team for making the right calls. Christian Horner agrees with him. But let's get into some more context of Formula One in general, away from this Grand Prix. And let's talk a little bit about the man himself. Piastri is set to race for McLaren in 2023. Mia, I want to start off with you because I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, Oscar Piastri coming from F2 up to F1, um, the champion of Formula 2. He's getting an opportunity at uh, McLaren, and he's going to take that full advantage of it, um, kicking Daniel Ricciardo out of his seat. Your thoughts on Mercedes officially uh, announcing the move for him and his move to McLaren? Yeah, absolutely. There's, It's been a dramatic summer, that's for sure. Um, and Piastri's kind of been in the center of everything, but now knowing, I had a, I definitely had a bitter taste in my mouth for a while with the whole Daniel Ricciardo situation. I didn't love how McLaren ended things that way, but it actually just came out a few hours ago today that Piastri and Ricciardo had a talk and everything's fine between them. They're excited to move on. So you know what? I'm excited to see Piastri. He, he just stormed through the junior leagues, F2, any of those. He was able to win so quickly. Seeing him and Lando Norris's teammates, man, they're going to be a young, quick, talented team. And it's clear right now, or at least in my opinion, I know you guys on the last episode were talking about which team, midfield team, do you think has the most um, potential in the next five years or so? It's clear that McLaren is building for something and Lando Norris is committed to them for, you know, the next few years at least. So two young drivers, two very seemingly, seemingly very talented young drivers. It just, it's looking like an exciting program for McLaren. So I can't wait to see what Piastri is going to do. Um, and it's, it's good to have a little bit of that drama cleared up now. Rome, yeah. it seems like there's a lot going right for McLaren and Zach Brown at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, Mia, with a lot of your points. Like, in the first episode, I thought that Alpine was really going to be the, the the more potential, like, team in the, in the next five years or so. 
But with this move, I just I just think like like you said, McLaren's building for something special here, and they're trying to rebuild to to get back to that dominance that they had in like the '90s and 2000s that, that they were trying to fight with Ferrari and Michael Schumacher back in those days. So I feel like I, I like I've been saying on this podcast and on my IGs like really this this entire time with this whole Piastri thing, like he's gonna go to McLaren. And him and Lando Norris are going to be a nasty, insane duo coming into next year. But I will say this. Although I'm singing, Pia- singing Piastri's praises with this one, I uh, just like I always say with college football going into the NFL, there's a lot of, like, struggles that are, that, that can, like, be the cause of making that jump from F2 to F1 and being their reserve driver, too, and not really getting any race, race time except for test driving their cars, really. So I, th- I think there might be some struggles early on, but I think Piastri is a good enough driver. If you're winning championships in F3 and F2 back to back, pretty much, he's he's a good he's a really good driver. So he can make those adjustments and think, okay, how can I further adjust this car to make it go up further up the up, up the leaderboard of the driver championship? So I think he can do that. I th- I think McLaren, I I I think McLaren and Alpine could fight for that top spot in the midfield. But I wouldn't be surprised if McLaren fights with the big three for a, a constructors and drivers championship sooner rather than later. Mm. And speaking of young uh, guns, let's go over our predictions, Rome, from the other night. Um, this is how our leaderboard's going to basically work: is you know we're going to give three points to to whoever we said is going to win, two points to someone on the correct position in the podium, and one point to someone who we, we predicted on the podium. So currently right now, you are leading me five to four due to the fact that you predicted Charles Leclerc to be in third place. Um, I just predicted him to be on the podium. We both predicted Max Verstappen to win. Um, so let's preview next weekend's race um, in Monza. Oh, Mia, man. since you are the guest, you have the guest's <laughs> honor to pick the podium and the winner as well as a dark horse for the Monza Grand Prix. Fire away. Yeah, so Monza 2022. I mean, let's be completely honest. I I just can't pick against Max Verstappen this season. I don't know who could. So, um, yeah, Max is going to be at my number one on the podium. I just, I mean... And this is, if he could win today at Zanfort at a track that's not suited to his car at all, he's going to tear up at Monza unless something crazy would go wrong. So I've got Max at an easy number one. Now, my second pick for number two, I would like to say Charles Leclerc because I, I'm, I'm just really hoping personally that everything goes well for him there. It's a huge race for Ferrari, as we know. But he was looking after this race, just how he was so disappointed still. And he just wants to show out for the Tifosi in Italy. So I, I'm seeing him bringing that determination into the race next week. So, yeah. And then third, I don't think I can count Lewis Hamilton either. So we're going to go with a Verstappen, Leclerc, Hamilton podium. I mean, obviously Monza is not as suited to W13 as some other cars, I would say. But Hamilton's been on a rough streak since he got back from the summer break, and I think he's just ready to get it over with. And it's a sprint race, so, yeah, he's he's got more time to show what he's capable of. So that's my podium for now. I'm most confident in my one. 
And then for my dark horse, oh man, I I was scrolling through options. I mean, oh, this is a tough one. I I was thinking about Esteban Ocon or Pierre Gasly, but then I decided I'm gonna go with Alexander Albon. And that's <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. that's a swing for the fences. Oh my goodness! I know it oh, is. Go, go ahead and tell us why. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I know that's that's a crazy one, but not saying he's gonna podium, not saying anything, but man, the Williams is oddly good on these high speed straighter circuits. So, and Elbin has honestly been racing like crazy recently so mm. maybe at this track he's gonna have some big potential to do something I'm again not saying he's gonna be on the podium or anything but I think Elvin mm. could do it next week get some big points for his team so we'll see I guess mm. wow did finish yeah. in 12th place this weekend so another great drive from Alexander Abon your guy bro um, give that, me your that's prediction. That's my guy, Mia. That's my guy. Thank no you for showing my guy props. Thank you. I didn't Thank even you. know that. Let's go, Rome. No, no, no. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I was proud of him because he was like in a Williams producing so well right now. And I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for him right now. I don't know if he's my favorite driver. I mean, I don't have a favorite driver or team right now. I'm just rooting for the guy that does well. And like, sure. he's, doing, he's doing well in a Williams. Like the Williams is the worst car in the grid and he's doing well. Like it's boggling my mind. But anyway, let me, let me get back on track here because- <laughs> I, I've, I mean, I, I can speak on behalf of all of us. Verstappen's going to get P1. There's, there's just no question about it. I, I've been saying it. I've been saying it over and over again on this podcast with the way he's driving and the way that car is moving. It's unbeatable. It's undeniable. He's going to easily take the championship. There's just, there's just no other yeah. way to think about it. But P2 and P3 is where things get interesting because I, I agree with you, Mia. I do have Charles Leclerc going P2. I, he's won it in 2019 at Monza, his first year with Ferrari back three years ago. So he knows that track well. He's, he's done well on that track. And I think he can maybe give Max a run for his money. Max will still win, but I think Charles can, can still give him a run for his money. And then P3 is where uh, I get – There's I have three guys right now. I originally had two, but Mia brought up one person that I'm like, okay – Maybe add him into the conversation here. So I had Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, or George Russell going for P3. And out of those three guys right now, I mean, I was going with I was going with either Sainz or Perez, but Mia, you brought up Russell and I thought about it. And I'm like, he's been Mr. Consistent all season long. He's been consistently getting podiums. So I think George Russell will get P3 in Monza. So my my podium is Verstappen, Leclerc, and Russell. And then my dark horse, I love the fact that you said Albon because that was amazing. <laughs> I love the fact that he's doing so well in a Williams right now. And he, he got up to P7 at one point in Zandvoort today, which was wild. But anyway. Absolutely. It's, it was wild. But anyway, uh, my dark horse is going to be Lando Norris. I, he, 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 was, he was P2. He was P2 in last year that, that had Ricardo do the shoey last season. So I think I think Lando was looking at his old teammate and was like, hmm, let me let me try and get the let, let, let me try and get the shoey one time. Let me let me try and get some of that beer in the shoe. So I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say Lando Norris is gonna be my dark horse for Monza. 
Mm-hmm. And if I, I totally agree, if I may interject quickly, um, I don't know if you two have heard about this yet, but it looks almost imminent that signs is going to be taking a back of the grid engine penalty next week. So Ooh. that clears him out. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't been announced yet, but that looks like he'll be starting P20 potentially. So yeah, I like, I like your Norris pick though. I yeah. totally agree with that one as well. Yeah. It goes bad for worse from Carlos Sainz uh, yep. from this weekend. Absolutely. Week it's, it's, it's literally been Silverstone at the peak of the mountain and then just down here like that. Mm. It's been he's climbing, he's climbing down right now. Climbing, climbing downhill. Down. Got a steep downhill. He's going down. <laughs> All right. So in P3 is um, – it's going to be Charles Leclerc. In P2 – You guys might ridicule me. For, you guys might ridicule me for this, but P two is going to be Max Verstappen. And in P one, oh, I know what you're going to say. I know oh, what you're going to say. That was that was Go on. the more swing of a fist than Albon Dark Horse. <laughs> and P one, we'll just we'll just we'll just shush and let you go and let you. Yep. Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shane. Just just George somehow Russell. tell me why. Somehow tell me George, why. Oh. George Russell oh. is going to win his first Grand Prix in George his Russell? career. George Russell, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yes. my goodness. My job wow. is gone. I know oh, you can't you're, see you're it, a George but... Russell stand. You're a George Russell stand. I can't deny he it. Is. I really can't, but go ahead. We, we're just interjecting. Yeah. Go on your soliloquy. Go on your mm. soliloquy. Go on. I mean, during his career, he has been Mr. September. He showed that once again today in second place. Um. And I think that at the moment, you know, he went fastest in the practice, in the first two practice sessions in the Netherlands. He's shown that the Mercedes can do well on these types of tracks related to Monza. And I think that he has the best chance at the moment to beat someone like a Max Verstappen. Um, not saying it's definitely going to happen. That's just my prediction. Um, I'm going with that. So... I, I, you can really kill me all I want, but at the end of the day, I'm allowed to have my own opinion. So I think that George Russell is going to grab his first victory. And then a dark horse for me is Fernando Alonso. I haven't been his Ooh. biggest fan this season. I like that. I, but, like, I like that a lot. But he, he finished P6 today, and I think he's got the chance to, to creep up into that podium places and, dare I say, catch a win in Monza next weekend. So we'll have to see about that. But... Um, before we end the episode out, I just want to thank everyone who has listened to our past three episodes at the moment, uh, who's followed us on Instagram at the starting grid pod. Go follow if you haven't already. Please um, do. Do. So yep. Mia, I'll let you go first before we close this thing out. Um, once again, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Final thoughts before uh, Monza, but also where can my people find you on social media? Yeah, of course. Um, Again, thank you guys so much for having me. And Shane, never back down on your opinions about George Russell. I'm here for that. I love the prediction. And I've got him winning a race too this season. I just can't see it next week. So um, <laughs> I'm here for that. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, and Man. yeah go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just glad, Rome, you too, you share my Alex Albon support. So yeah, it was a really fun time. Honestly, kind of a great race to start with for me to hop on. Um, it was interesting. Lots of action to talk about. So 
Yeah, um, I'm excited to see Monza next week, a sprint race. That that always brings something different. So I don't have many predictions as of right now, but you know, I'm just looking forward to it, getting a longer weekend. So yeah, um, like the guy said, go follow the podcast Instagram. It's awesome. All their episodes they've done earlier are terrific. Give them a listen. And then on Instagram, I'm Mia underscore thorough. So yep. Uh, Go ahead and follow those. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was such a blast, though. Yeah, yeah. Thank well, you so much. For, thank you so much for having. Uh, yeah, just, just, just thank you overall. I was trying to figure out the right words. But anyway, <laughs> I got I got my final thoughts here because, man, mm-hmm. Shane Holtham, you are a bona fide George Russell stand. I can't even <laughs> deny it for one second. Like, this guy, this guy is unbelievable to me. I'm Future like, world champion. You, you put your bias over probably one of the greatest racing seasons we've ever seen in the last decade and, he's, and you're putting oh, yeah. that you're putting that dude just, in p2 just and putting your biased golden child in p1 it's crazy to me but anyway mia thanks thanks so so much for shouting this out please spread as much of the word as you possibly can i we appreciate that but man this is this was a wild episode it's just i i love doing this man i love doing this with you Shane. i absolutely you, will mia, like I can't wait to see where this goes. Like, Monza's about to be wild. This about to be like, yeah. I can I can already expect like three DNFs, four DNFs, just like racked on racked on racked DNFs, getting crazy. It's just this the, these these last few races are going to be wild. We all know Verstappen's going to get locked up in that P one, but who knows what'll happen if the, if the grid shuffles around in that driver championship. And I think just one more thing to show you guys, like. I think, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, Leclerc and Perez, Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez are tied for number two in the Drivers' Championship. Exactly, so, yes. Now, so there's still a lot of fighting going on, not named Max Verstappen, because Verstappen's got it locked up. But now it's just the fight for P2. So that's mm-hmm. just very interesting to me. Guys, thanks so much. I cannot wait to do this next week, man. I can mm-hmm. it just be, can it just be next Saturday already? Can it just be next Sunday? I already? wish. I I I I, I need it to happen. I need it to happen, guys. Thanks. And guess so- what? We I get qualifying. <laughs> we, get, we get qualifying on a Friday. Some beautiful way to open up the weekend um, before the sprint race comes Saturday. Oh, Thank you, guys. Oh, we got a sprint race. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, sprint race weekend. Yes, yeah, we're doing three episodes all weekend. I'm ready. <laughs> Everyone is listening. so ready if you sure can I'm ready. I'm ready. I can Make do this sure all day long. Make sure to go support our Instagram because, you know, I, I, Rome and I are, and are really working hard on uh, putting this podcast together, especially, you know, those promos out there. Hopefully that will be coming out after every single episode now. Um, we were kind of a trial and error for the pilot, but now we're all guns of blazing and we're excited to see where this goes forward. So for Mia Thoreau, for Rome Katie, I'm Shane Holcomb. Until next time, F1 fans, enjoy your week and God bless.